Hi, and welcome to the Sync Minute Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Michelle Lockie Music and Licensing Songs Academy. Licensing Songs Academy hosts various self-paced training programs, as well as coaching, consulting, and mentoring for those of you on your sync journey. I am your show host, Michelle Lockie. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast journey. I know you have many choices to learn about sync licensing, and I appreciate the listen. And if you like what you hear, please follow, like, rate, and share this podcast. In this podcast, I will talk about various aspects of sync licensing, my personal sync journey, lessons I've learned along the way, as well as helpful interviews, resources, and other information that will help you on your sync licensing journey. Stay tuned after the podcast for a special offer. Now on to the episode. All right, welcome to episode four of Sync Licensing Minute. Today we're going to talk about metadata because it's a pretty hot topic these days. And uh, the metadata basically defines, it's, it's a set of data that describes and gives information about other data. So as far as music goes, you want to make sure that your files have all the data embedded in the file mostly so someone can find you easily and contact you if they want to license your music. So imagine that you've created uh, these music files and maybe you did put your information like your name and that kind of thing, but uh, you then send it over to a music supervisor. They download it into iTunes, Apple Music, whatever they use, and it comes up as just saying track one, unknown artist, unknown title or new artist, new title, and all the data is gone. Um, well, they can listen to the song, but unfortunately they're going to have no way of knowing who it came from. And that, of course, is the last thing that you want to do when you're sending your music out. So when you're tagging your metadata, what you want to do is tag the MP3. And MP3 files will retain that data whereas WAV files tend to erase it when they're transferred to different uh, media. Um, an AIF file, which is a Mac-specific, will mostly retain the data, although I've seen sub- situations when it seems to have been lost. But, you know, let's talk about the different categories of metadata. And what you really want to do is create a spreadsheet of your songs, if you haven't already, and you can put your metadata and information there so it's very easy to keep track of and copy over into the file. And as some of those categories that you're going to want to uh, create in the spreadsheet, obviously the song name, the artist or any featuring artists, the master owners, the writers, um, the publishers, if there are any, or if even you're the publisher and you have a publishing name, you're going to want that information. Uh, your contact information, the the person who the music supervisor is going to contact to license the song. You want genre, subgenre. Um, you want to put in your composers with your PRO information and splits into the file. You can do a song summary, what the song's about, list some moods, keywords, instruments, beats per minute, and tempo the key of the song, a copy of the lyrics, or at least 
an easy way for you to find the lyrics on your computer. Um, I have a folder where I keep all my lyrics and so I can easily find them. And then the year uh, it, the song was created. So you can do this in a lot of different tagging softwares. I still use the old school iTunes. I refuse to upgrade my computers until I absolutely have to because I've heard uh, once you upgrade and, and it transitions over to Apple Music, it can cause a lot of problems initially when dealing with your catalog. And right now, I just don't have time to sort that out. So I'm old school. Um, so basically, what you can do is pull up your MP3 and then uh, you hit like command I, which is will open up a new window that uh, will show the track details. And I'll actually put a link in the show notes to a blog I wrote a while back um, about this. So you can get a visual of what my spreadsheet looks like and also uh, a picture of what data your song should include. And there's one new thing that I learned this year, which I'll go over as well. But, you know, in the MP3, so you've got the song name, which is a given. You've got the artist. Now, the artist could also be the, the owner of the song. Um, so a lot of times on my songs, if I, I'm the artist and the contact person in the artist field, I'll put the artist name, which is my name, and then I'll put my email right next to it. So that way, you know, if they're using iTunes or Apple Music, they'll just they'll see right away, Michelle Lockie, there's the email rather than having to, to dig in through the comments and, and open that other screen that shows all the metadata. Um, then I'll put in a name of an album. So if it, it, it's either part of the album, an album, I'll do that. Uh, maybe if it's a cover song, I'll just put album covers or um, album my name. So it kind of sorts by uh, name when the supervisor is looking through their files. Um, and then under composer, we'll put the writers and then their PRO and the splits. And you can also put the IPI numbers in that field as well. Um, there's an, another line called grouping as well. And this is where you can put publishing information. So if a publisher already owns the song or controls the master, um, or controls the song, you can put that information in there, uh, the name of that publisher uh, or publishers, any splits uh, and contact information. Or I've had some places that when you submit music, they want you to actually put some kind of mood in there. But for the most part, you can put the publishing information in there. And if you don't have a publisher or you don't have a publishing entity yourself, then just put your name in there as well. And then, of course, the genre, the year it was created. Um, you can skip like track numbers or disc number for now. And then I usually like to put a BPM. And then in the comments, you have a limited number of characters here, but I will put... Uh, it's, it's licensing availability. So for instance, one stop ready. And if you're not familiar with one stop, we'll definitely talk about that as well, but it basically means they can just go to one person to license the song. Um, if that's the case and that's, if you're the master owner, so I'll do like one stop ready contact email, phone number, and then I'll do maybe a quick description about the song, um, for instance, the, the song that's on my blog about this, just song about having a crush or loving someone that doesn't know you exist. And then I'll put a few moods, keywords, and instruments in there. Um, it's also helpful to put in some similar artists uh, into the comment field. But 
you only, I think, are limited to about 255 characters. Um, although you can type more in the MP3, typically if, if they transfer it to another medium, like Disco, disco.ac. Uh, and I'll put in the show notes information about that, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, it might erase some of that information. So I, I try to keep it um, pretty simple there. Um, and as far as like sound alike or similar artists, not sound alike, but similar artists, a lot of people want to know like what what artists are in that similar style. And if you don't, if you have an idea, but you're not 100% sure, you can Google, uh, say, sounds like, um, let me think, sounds like Sarah McLaughlin, something like that. And usually what comes up is uh, Last FM as a website, Last FM, I'm oh, sorry, last.fm. And I'll click on that and it'll give me Sarah McLaughlin plus similar artists. So I can go through all the similar artists, listen to a few things and see like, yeah, they are pretty similar. Um, and that will give me a few artists that I can add if I can't pull pull four or five off the top of my head. So that's a nice way to do that. Um, and as far as your uh, moods and, and descriptions, um, you know, just try to get pretty, um, like just don't say relationship. So maybe it's a heartbreak or heartache. Uh, maybe it's uh, sad, but it's really, you know, sorrow, desperate, despair, um, ignored, um, high school crush, longing, desire. And then you can put like pianos, guitars, drums, female vocals, uh, that kind of thing. And those are going to come in handy. Um, even if your song is accepted by different libraries, they're going to usually have their system of how they want to receive that metadata. So just having that spreadsheet there helps 100%. It makes it easier to transfer that data and then also making sure that it's labeled correctly, um, which is Again, the number one reason to have your files labeled is so they can contact you immediately uh, if they want to license your music. You definitely do not want uh, this stuff to, to disappear. So having the spreadsheet and having it labeled in the file is always good. Um, now there's a lot of online resources to do this as well. And, and I do always keep my songs labeled and my information on my computer and backed up in addition to using these online resources. Um, so the one I use most often is disco.ac and I'll put a referral link in the show notes. But in Disco, you can upload your um, MP3 and it'll copy over some of that metadata. But Disco is like a database, so it allows you to put in like all your writers if you if you co-write with a bunch of people, um, the publishing information, the lyrics. You can uh, use a list of tags to help tag the file. Um, you can upload art. You can put in descriptors. You can create these kind of cool-looking um, press kits, and you can create playlists, like sample playlists. And a lot of music supervisors are using Disco, so you can submit like Disco playlists uh, to to various um, publishers and supervisors, and they can easily put it into their Disco database. So I do recommend checking that out as well. 
because it simplifies everything and it allows you to upload high fidelity files like waves and AIF files um, and it'll create an MP3 from that so that uh, if a supervisor wants to license um, your song rather than waiting for the high fidelity, they can just download it right there after they contact you and they'll have it. Um, but again, I always like to keep everything on my computer because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, something might explode online or something might explode on my computer and then I have kind of these these backups of backups that uh, I can make sure that I'm not going to lose that data. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to tag these files. You can, uh, like I said, I use iTunes, but there's different things like... Um, MP3 tag is one, um, ID3 editor. Uh, there's a lot of free tagging software if you don't have iTunes or Apple Music, and you can definitely Google that as well and find out the best thing that you is going to work for you and what you have with your equipment. Um, a thing about genres too, uh, it's really important to, to know the genre of the song. That might sound silly, but you know, there's main genres and there's subgenres. And you know, your main genre, obviously the big ones, pop, rock, Americana, country folk, gospel, hip hop, those are kind of your main genres. But sometimes you also want a subgenre. So it might be folk, but it's really like indie folk or new folk. Is it contemporary folk or traditional? If it's pop, is it pop rock? Is it indie pop, alternative pop? Same with rock. You can have alternative rock, indie rock. Um, and uh, a lot of those artists, and that's where the last FM search comes in handy is because they'll list a lot of the extra genres around those artists. And uh, so you can pick those as well to go under your subgenres. Um, so... Uh, just a quick note on that, you know, I would just, it is a hot topic. You'll see a lot of people talking about it and trying to understand it. And I think we make it more complicated than it actually is. So uh, in the show notes, like I said, I'll, I'll put a reference to the blog that I wrote a while back, just gives you a screenshot and some of these resources. And I'll give you links to some of these resources within um, the show notes as well. So you can get started on your metadata tagging journey. <laughs> and that's definitely one thing that on the business side of music that you want to have an order and you want a system and you want to just do the same thing for every piece of music that you create. So it becomes automatic and not something you're scrambling to do later. Because um, when you do scramble to do it later, it does become more tedious and, and prone to mistakes. So just get in the habit of doing that right away. Uh, start with the spreadsheet when the song is done, then you can tag the files. You can upload it to something like Disco and have it there as well. So I hope you got something out of this and I look forward to talking to you next time. So if you like what you heard, I would love it if you would follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Licensing Songs Academy and also at Michelle Lockie Music. You can ask any questions or comment or tell me what you found when doing your research or what you'd like to hear about in a future episode. And here's the special offer for people on this podcast. Courses and consulting are 20% off at licensingsongs.com. And there's also a free guide, Steps to Sync Success, that has some of these resources and that you can download for free. So go to licensingsongs.com and enter the promo code SYNCMINUTE. You can do it all lowercase or all uppercase at checkout. 
And this information will also be in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. And again, this is your host, Michelle Lockie. Have a great day.